Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first Red Voices of 2018. We hope you had a lovely festive period in New Year, and thank our Lord and Saviour Paul Pogba, we've got a win to open the year with. Time to cast a great big dirty look at those three consecutive draws before United's lovely 2-0 win over Everton tonight. You and Harriet and Rich on duty with you tonight. Harriet, was it a good New Year and Christmas for you? Uh, yes, very good, thank you. Lots of football, obviously. Um, not so good results-wise, but we'll get onto that. But yes, very good otherwise. Good, good personally, though. That's nice. What about you, Richard? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I'm getting old, so I didn't drink anything. But yeah, it was good, good Christmas, good New Year. It's all about the children, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I had a really nice Christmas in the year. Thanks for asking, guys. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. So let's cast our minds back to, because the last pod we did was, uh, gosh, it was West Brom, that wonderful 2-1 win over at the Hawthorns. So let's cast our minds back to one of the most frustrating games of football that I've seen United play in years, that 2-2 draw at uh, Leicester, Harriet. What a ridiculous evening of football. I'm still not sure, several weeks after, how we didn't win that game. But we definitely didn't, I've checked. <laughs> no, I'm not sure anyone is sure how we didn't win that game. Not least Mourinho. Um, he was spitting feathers, and rightly so, to be honest, because it is a game that we absolutely should have won. Obviously, Jamie Vardy was going to score against us, because that's what he seems to do. And he seems to bloody love it as well, doesn't he? Um, mm. But after that, we had chance after chance. And then, you know, get ahead through some, some cracking play from one matter and lovely goals but then some of the worst game management that I've ever seen in my life like not just Premier League any league ever <laughs> allows yeah. allows Chris Smalling to come come back on and you know just oh yeah that's no, all right I've, I might have broken myself a little bit but I'll, I'll have the free man at the back post that's fine guys it's cool um and of course that Harry Maguire goal just just absolutely knocked us for well four games which has been mightily frustrating yeah considering how as you said there the game management was just ridiculous considering how we had that game in our hands the way that we just seemingly let it slip was just remarkable i haven't seen anything like that from united i mean you know we've we've let results slip before this is not necessarily a new thing and we've had to fight back and struggle to get points previously over the last couple of seasons. That's not a new thing. But the way in which we gifted Leicester this result was ridiculous. We deserve to be ahead completely. You know, Mata with a lovely first goal in the first half. And the free kick was, was gorgeous. And he's been on a rich vein of form lately, which we'll get onto a little later. Because he was excellent tonight against Everton. Yeah. And the way in which we struggled to kill that game off. I think Lukaku was central to almost every single chance we had I think what Martial Lingard and I think Matter actually as well had a chance to score a hat-trick when we were 2-1 up and then gosh just because it's been that long I've forgotten actually who got sent off let me let me check the internet oh gosh it was Amity wasn't it yeah two bookings in the space of a couple of minutes having just come on that was the most ridiculous red card and to just give the game away in such a fashion having I mean, Rich, easily the most frustrating aspect was the fact that we seemingly sat so deep and allowed Leicester to pressurise us, even with the man advantage. I'm still not quite sure how that happened. It's It's been something of a trend, hasn't it? And then we'll come to tonight late, uh, later when we actually didn't do that. But we've done that so many times. I mean, the West Brom game came reasonably close to throwing that away by just dropping deep in the last 15, 10, 15 minutes again at Watford as well. But to do that against 10 men was just the most absurd thing I think I've ever seen. But as you've already said, there are so many things, so many individual decisions in the last 20, 25 minutes of that game that were so that were wrong that it's hard to actually comprehend that they all happened. You know, collectively to sit that deep, as, as, as Harriet said, for Chris Smalling 
a man who clearly quite significantly pulled his groin to to, to mark their biggest player for a free kick to allow repeatedly to allow Mark Albrighton to cross the ball into the United box in the final few minutes four times in the in about a minute and for Marcus Rashford to not run the ball to the corner when he's got it in injury in, in injury time the, the choices we made in the final third in that last 20 minutes just absolutely beggared belief and it kind of it kind of summarized where we've been at for the last few months in that you know we can play some really good football and there's absolutely no doubt that we completely deserve to be 2-1 ahead you know we responded really really well to going behind we should have won that game 4 or 5-1 by the end but there's just there, there just seem to be these collect these collective brain farts every so often and, and as you know as, as Harriet said that was the, you know it was the most ridiculous conclusion to a United game I think I've ever seen the most ridiculously tossed away points I've ever seen you know so that that was an incredible frustration particularly given that as we've seen over the Christmas period the kind of race for second to perhaps down to six is getting concertinaed a lot and you just get the feeling that those those sorts of points could make a lot of difference at the end of the season so i think it's safe to say that we, we came away from that game really very heavily miffed mm-hmm. yeah i mean i guess there was a slight lessening of that miffness considering that we actually fought back from two goals down two days later at home to burnley i mean burnley are having a pretty damn good season so it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world to have gone down to Burnley but the way in which things seemingly fell apart especially in that first half and we had to call upon the man of the moment Jesse Lingard for a second half brace including a stoppage time equaliser not great no I think I think as a few people have been saying for a few weeks I mean we haven't we haven't really been playing consistently well or well much at all since really going back to the Liverpool game we haven't really strung consistent performances together we haven't played really well for 90 minutes I'm not a super stat man but the XG experts tell us United were conceding far more high quality chances than they were actually letting in goals and added to that the fact that David Hayes made the second most saves in the Premier League this season kind of suggests that he's one of our most important players again that we we were probably due to concede a couple of goals in a game because it, we really should have done up to that point already and you can't really you can't really complain with the Burnley free kick it was just an absolutely exceptional free kick but the, the first goal was another set piece concession which is supposed to be the thing that we're most competent at under under Mourinho um, and we do have a team of giants and they're, they're supposed to be quite good at defending and I think I think the most worrying thing for us at that point and then following in onto the Southampton game is that we do seem to have these incredible crises of confidence both within games and from game to game and I know a lot of people have talked about it but there is there, there definitely is a lack of on-field leadership in the in the team, I mean Matt Matic is a very um, experienced guy, and you know clearly a very sensible guy. But he's not a screamer. He's not someone who's going to really hold the team together when it needs to be calmed down and to keep its shape and, and whatever else. And, and Pogba's been captain lately, but he's he's more of a captain because he's our best player rather than captain because he's going to be the psychological heartbeat of the team. Um, and mm. I think that's probably the biggest cause for these sort of collective collapses of mentality that we have in games at the moment. Because we've seen when United really play well, as, as we've seen tonight, then we can really look as good as anyone in this league, I think. But it doesn't happen enough and, and, and our confidence gets knocked too often. And you know that's something we, we're still going to have to address. 
I mean, Harry, what do you think has been one of the primary causes behind this slight wobble? I mean, I guess, you know, taking tonight out of the equation, you know, there is those three draws to a certain extent with the way that we were coasting through games and almost getting our backsides bit late on. They did seem to be coming. What do you put it down to? I think um, there's just been a lack of intensity in in every aspect of of our play in the last few games. Almost like we're going we were going into games expecting things to happen rather than actually making them happen. And it's just been the tempo has been really slow and quite laboured. And then when we have managed to create the chances, we haven't been clinical enough. And that's that's the the simplicity of it is that everybody's talking about Harry Kane at the moment, obviously because he's just had a ridiculous year. Um, outscoring well, and Jesse Lingard, Messi, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, outscoring Messi and Ronaldo. Um, but the thing, the thing with Jesse is as well, when he doesn't have too long to think about it, he's usually quite good. And I mean, tonight's goal was was incredible. I mean, that again, like with the Burnley free kick, those those you just don't save. But when we get into threatening positions, and I think I think bless him, <laughs> I think Rashford has been quite guilty of this. He's overthinking it, and you can almost hear him thinking about, you know, taking a touch where he should be shooting first time. And we're just not. I think that's that's again probably a confidence thing. You know, you don't want to be be wasteful with a first time shot, but equally, you know, there is value to it in catching defenders and goalkeepers off guard. And it's easy to say when when a team's playing with confidence, those kind of things, you know, they happen for you. You get the rub of the green, you get a deflected a deflected goal off somebody's backside. But I think. Even in the build-up play, in even even when we got the ball and we're in possession with our back four, they look nervous, mm. um, like they don't want to give the ball away. You know, progressing into midfield and driving us on that way. Um, so I think it's it's a collection of things. I think, but the thing is, when you don't play with that that tempo, the intensity, you're not going to be creating as many chances because you know the opposition get the chance to get everybody behind the ball, which you know which they have done. And then, you know, Mourinho gets his back up because he said that they're all parking the bus and it's difficult to play against. But, you know, we bring that we bring that on ourselves at times. And, you know, we've got the we've got the talent in the squad and in the starting eleven to not have to do that and not not to have the fear, you know, believe in themselves a bit more. Um and I think, you know, get back to playing the way we were at the at the beginning of the season when you know, we started with real tempo, real flair, real, you know, passion as well. People like, yeah, I want to play. I want to play. Last few games, it's looked like they've not, they wanted to be anywhere but on the pitch. And that's been, that's been one of the most disappointing things. For sure. I mean, I think there was a lot of what you've just mentioned there in the Southampton game on a Saturday night, right? Yeah. Notable for several rather large moments. I mean, Lukaku not Long having missed a very, very good chance from a header in the first half, going out with an injury and presumably out of uh, Friday's FA Cup third round tie at home to Derby, which isn't on telly. Mad! That was a real problem for us going forward. And then, you know, I know Mourinho was talking about the penalty and it was a definite handball. You know, Yoshida very clearly struck it with his arm. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think there was any element of that game in which United were hard done by. You know, I think, what was it? Was it Rashford who had that shot that was essentially going in or hitting the post and going in and then Pogba essentially decided I'm just oh, going to make sure this goes in and it tapped Matic. it in from close Matic, range. was it? Was it Matic? It's Matic, I think. Yeah. yeah. Was it Matic? Blimey, yeah. that would have been a good first goal to get had Pogba not tucked <laughs> his leg onto it. I think it was, I, I think that was hitting the post. I think that was hitting the post and coming back out. Hmm. Well, I mean... <laughs> I'll defer to Pogba on that. He knows things, things, and he was actually there, so he probably could have told me better than I could. But still, it, that 
gosh, that Southampton game was the absolute pits, wasn't it? I mean, they're having a pretty poor season. They've got, what, negative eight goal difference at the minute, and they're mired pretty firmly in the bottom half of the table. And the fact that we couldn't break them apart consistently, considering that we were at home and the amount of possession that we had, it was it was pretty galling. You know, we really didn't create all that much. We looked very laboured. And that midfield too just didn't work. You know, there was a lot of criticism for essentially pretty much everyone on the end, on the pitch on that after that game on Saturday night. It was not great to watch by any stretch of the imagination. Lots of criticism for Pogba. Henrik Mkhitaryan, Richard, please talk to me about that performance. That was that was something else. He's just broken, isn't he? I, th- I think there were lots of elements to that performance from from United. I think that the setup and the team selection was wrong. You know, we basically picked kind of three number tens. One of them who is quite clearly scared of the football at the moment <laughs> and, and quite possibly permanently permanently broken in a red shirt. So that was a. I mean, I appreciate Marshall was injured, so we we're perhaps forced into bringing him back, but he's, he shouldn't be anywhere near pitch for United at the moment. I think that the wider problem, well the two wider problems were firstly that Pogba just can't play any two. So we played him in a two-man midfield in which Matic is clearly creaking. He's played I think more minutes than almost everybody apart from David De Gea and, and Lukaku this season. You know, we're told he's carrying injury as well and, and with Pogba, if you play Pogba in that too, either Pogba is incredibly conservative, which he had to be, which he was on uh, in the Southampton game. And, and therefore just doesn't get in the sorts of positions where he can impact on, on the game in an attacking, attacking sense. Or he just clears off and leaves Matic to it. And he's just, Matic isn't mobile enough or fit enough at the moment to, to be able to cover that, that mm. space. He just gets overwhelmed, doesn't he? And I think there's yeah. a big problem as well in the sense that, as you said there, Matic has not really been able to be rotated. I don't think there's quite the level of faith or trust in McTominay's ability in order to do that role, which is fair yeah. enough. You know, he's still a young kid. But Carrick missing as well. I don't think Mourinho was planning to use Matic as much as he has done this season because no. Carrick has not been available. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we do desperately need a midfielder. Or I, I suspect we'll probably have to wait until the summer for that. The second biggest issue with that game is that our attacking shape in possession was just the most bizarre thing I think I've seen in a long time. It seemed to, it seemed to basically involve Matic or Pogba getting the ball around the halfway line and, and all of the, our forward players just basically sprinting it towards the goal. There are lots of pictures going around on social media which essentially demonstrate the point but, but basically all of our all of our front four just legged it um, nobody you know for, considering we had three number 10s on the pitch none of them dropped into the hole into the number 10 position and so all we had all, all we had all game was essentially our midfielders picking up the ball having nobody to pass it to having to go sideways back and forth and sideways and you know, getting it out wide and, and getting crosses in or basically lots of people running through the middle at a really compact defence. It was just a really strange performance. And I think, again, it's these massive sort of flip-flops in performance that we have from, you know, what was an incredibly competent, vibrant, professional second half tonight against Everton, where we the movement, everything was everything was in a really good tempo, everything was right, and we really sort of cut them apart and should have won by more, to the Southampton game where nobody seemed to know what they were doing it's that enormous swing of performance i just it's, it's difficult to get our heads around and you know southampton were there for the taking spurs absolutely took them apart but we just didn't have any ideas at all you know i was going to say about rashford you mentioned him briefly marcus rashford stopped doing all the things that he did when he burst onto the scene you know he came in he basically just scored some goals by shooting really quickly <laughs> and really accurately from wherever he was on the pitch and he stopped doing that he, he's suddenly he's taking a touch he's trying to beat men twice 
before he does whatever he does, he's he's not hitting it early in the box. We saw he, he received the ball about eight yards from goal in space and he didn't hit it. He just kind of, you know, he just held onto it between his feet. And that's 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 where he's, I mean, clearly his confidence is low, but he has all season. He's just started to complicate things a bit too much. And I wonder if just as a as a team, we've got too many forwards who who complicate things a bit. And so sometimes that can lead to us just not being direct and deadly enough. Mm. You know, whereas tonight we absolutely were. Well, we could have, in fact, I suppose, if I'm being critical, we could have won by four tonight if we'd been really deadly. But we were much more direct and we scored two incredibly direct goals. People just had a shot, you know, shot really well rather than trying to beat another three players and get the perfect assist. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, what, the phrase for that whole game against Southampton essentially was put your foot through it, really, wasn't it? Mm. We didn't end up doing that for most of that game. And this evening we did. You know, there was definitely an element to me of the players seemingly being told, shoot, while shoot on sight. <laughs> Rocco was on it, Jones was on it, Herrera was on it, and they were all terrible. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I mean, I guess the, the great thing, Harriet, thinking about that game, I didn't think we had a terrible first half, but I guess, you know, the frustration was still boiling over from Saturday's game in the sense that it wasn't necessarily the most intense performance. But there was lots of talk, and Rich, you mentioned this on Twitter during the week in terms of the coaching. That was one of the first occasions I think I've seen in the last few months where United have been struggling in a game. They didn't make any substitutions, but they came out for that second half with a much more positive approach. They looked so much more deadly. There was really great variation to the attack. You know, we were shooting very well from distance. You know, Matic hit the post, sorry, Matter hit the post with that great shot. We were cutting them apart. We started to bring Shaw into the game a lot more and it was just so much better to watch. You could tell they were enjoying it, couldn't you? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's that's another element of uh, why we've probably been struggling a little bit is that it hasn't looked like we've been enjoying our football. They had a bit more trust in each other and going forward. I mean, I thought the first half wasn't, like you said, it wasn't brilliant. It was still perhaps a bit cautious. But yeah, like you said, second half came out and played direct football. Pogba and Luke Shaw had a nice thing going down down the left. Lindelof's not quick, is he? Dear me. Um, but... uh, no. That was not good. <laughs> no, he he really doesn't like playing right back, does he? I don't like him playing right back. No, I don't think anybody likes him playing right back, but, you know, needs must. Yeah, like having shots from outside the box. I mean, we haven't, I haven't seen that for a while from from United um, as regularly as they did tonight. And although, you know, when <laughs> when Jones is letting fly, you're thinking, oh, God, we're getting a bit desperate. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just it's it's good to see because we've got the players we've got the players that can can score those goals and like Rich said it, we've been overcomplicating things far too long and you know getting back to basics doing doing the basics well is you know what we should be trying to do I thought I thought Luke Shaw had a had a really decent game today he's needed a run of games and thankfully he's he's getting them and hopefully it isn't to put him in the shot window because even though there's been a lot of talk about um, I really hope that he he stays. And, you know, he put in some decent crosses getting forward. And, you know, there were a few shaky moments at the back. But all in all, you know, clean sheet and, you know, managed to put some decent blocks in where necessary. And we did the simple things well in the second half, more so than in the first half, I think, because it's a bit sloppy in the first. But, you know, we, we were, I think we were helped by the fact that Everton didn't play very well either. We saw Wayne Rooney doing what he did for 18, 18 months, two years by dropping back into that kind of quarterback position and leaving Everton with Nias up front, uh, which nobody wants not, Nobody wants that. So, you know, we, we did benefit from the fact that Everton have no striker. 
um, and no yeah. no pace to uh, speak of either. So they weren't getting at us like we were getting at them. Um, because I think had they gone, you know, had they gone with Sigurdsson and Calvert-Lewin and Lennon from the start, it might have been a very different game. Mm. Rich, two very, very, very high quality goals as well. Yeah, they were. I think the performance tonight and the second half particularly was about the formation. We brought Paul Pogba, who'd been playing on the left-hand side of the midfield three for how many years? Four or five years at Juventus, very, very successfully. And this is the first time in a long time where we've played him exactly in that position. And he just ran the game and he got, got the assist, assist for both goals. I mean, as you, as you were saying earlier, I think they had clearly been told to just bloody well shoot. If they got a sight of goal, and we don't score many completely worldy goals, and we scored two really, really high-class finishes tonight. And it could have been more. I mean, Massa hit the post with a really good shot, left-foot shot. Pickford must have made two or three really, really good saves. Yeah, Pickford made a save from Lingard not long before he got his second. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were, they were both really, really exceptional goals, and I don't think I don't think Pickford had a, had a chance with either. You know, Lingard only seems to score. He's been scoring a variety, going to variety lately, but he's he's capable of a worldie, isn't he? And I think it was good for Martial to get a goal as well because he's not not scored recently. So I think all round it was just really good for really good for confidence. It was it was really good to see United being really deadly and really potent again even if it was only 45 minutes and I think the biggest takeaway well the two biggest takeaways from this from this game is that we need to try and persist with 4-3-3 with Pogba there because you don't get you know why buy a player for that amount of money and have have him as your best player and then just not play him in the position that gets the most out of him and the other is for them Mm. just to keep being as direct as they were tonight because they've demonstrated themselves that we are far more effective if we play that way and the biggest key from now on is to is to take that level of performance that we had in the second half tonight and actually string together a series of games where we perform like that for majority, the majority of the game consistently. Because really the last time the mm. last time we've played four to five minutes or more of football at around that standard or close to that standard was against Newcastle at home. And I can't remember how long ago that, that was now. Six weeks, I don't know, six to eight weeks perhaps. Um, no perception of time at the moment. But we clearly have that level of performance in us. But we have to, again, you know, we've got 45 minutes of it tonight and that was enough tonight. But we need to start putting that together for 60, 70 minutes of games, back-to-back games. And I think if we do that, we'll be absolutely fine and we're clearly quite capable of it. It's just a case of, I think, convincing ourselves that we can do it and persisting with what is working. And we've, we've got two games now. We've got Derby at home in the FA Cup and Stoke at home in the league and Frankly, we should be winning those two games and winning them quite well. So we've got the potential to get on a bit of a roll again and and really lift confidence. Hmm. I mean, I think the really positive aspects about those goals is, as you said there, shooting from distance and shooting really well. You know, you look at the way Pogba was driving the ball forward as he was doing constantly in that second half, and that was a real positive aspect of the whole performance. Wonderful control by Martial. And just the way he opened his body up and curled that in was absolutely delicious. But I've got to give more credit to Lingard's goal just because he created that out of absolutely nothing. And that's been the most pleasing aspect of this sort of levelling up that he's done over the last couple of months in the sense that more than perhaps anyone else on the pitch, he is capable of just taking the ball and running with it and creating something out of absolutely nothing. I don't think there's anyone on the, in at United at the moment who is capable of doing what he has been doing over the last few months. The way that he took that goal was fantastic. You know, he danced past Keane, who was having a pretty good evening, took the ball past Ashley Williams, and the way that he curled that in, Pickford had absolutely no chance. He's got such confidence at the minute, 
and he's he's hit an incredible purple patch. This is the best that he has ever played whilst he's been at the club. You know, what is it, 10 goals this season? He is having his best season at United. And it looks like it's not necessarily so much that the penny has dropped. It's just that he's showing more consistently the qualities that we know have been there for quite some time. It's just so pleasing to watch because, you know, he's you and James are both saying when we last recorded a podcast, Rich, he's not necessarily your favourite United player, but he's really, at the minute, demanding to start games, isn't he? You know, he's one of the first names on the team sheet at the minute, not just based on his form, but based on the fact that he can make things happen. You know, he came on in that game against Burnley, got the brace, he killed the game off this evening when we were struggling and he's playing with such a high level of quality at the moment and confidence that it's impossible to take him out of the side. You know, you compare him with Henrik Mkhitaryan at the moment and it's night and day. Lingard is just completely on completely other level at the moment, which is absolutely wonderful to see. It's going to be interesting to see how United can maintain that because as you two have mentioned, I think Rashford doesn't look as confident as he has previously been, but you know he'll ride that out. He always does, I'm sure. It'll be absolutely fine, but... You know, Ibrahimovic out for a month, Lukaku out for Derby on Friday and potentially maybe even Stoke, depending on how quickly he recovers from that. And Mourinho was saying that Lukaku needed a rest, so hopefully he'll be able to, you know, recharge his batteries to a certain extent. So I guess there's a point now with a 10-day gap between that Derby and Stoke game where United can rest up a little bit after a busy period and look at how best to attack the rest of the season. Because as we all know, the league is gone. But we still have to keep on performing. You know, we, the games that we've drawn over these last few weeks have all been winnable. And it's, there's no reason for us not to at least push City all the way, right? This sort of performance and the way that we went at Everton and attacked them, created chances and looked dangerous for a sustainable amount of time with good variation to the play is really encouraging. And let's just hope we can keep that going. Harriet, anything else that you'd like to suggest that was equally as pleasing as that this evening? Uh, <laughs> um, it was all good, wasn't it? Just it was yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, go back to to Lingard. I think, like you said, he's he's the one player at the moment who runs at opposition players and and puts the fear in them, gets them backpedalling, and you know, and then opens up space for for others running on. Um, but what I also like is his attitude. Is that he he is he's he's grown in, in stature. You see him chatting to Lukaku at the beginning of the Southampton match. Start quick, start quick. You know he's he's got that confidence to be talking to his teammates and demanding more of them. Um, and I think you know we need more players to be doing that and taking the responsibility to to be demanding more of the team of, of their teammates. Um, because as we previously mentioned, there isn't there isn't a great deal of of leadership or there isn't a great deal of vocal leadership on the pitch at the moment and I think you know the more the more that he can do that as somebody who's grown up at the club as well and you know as a fan then you know we can potentially see even more from him uh, as the season goes on so um, that's something that's, that's that I've noticed and that I hope continues. Hmm. Rich tell me more about your not favourite player. <laughs> I think we, we, we've said a lot in the pod before that his best attribute today or to the last few months has been his ability to find space his movement he's always struggled on the wing because he you know you basically cut the areas of pitch that he can move it about in in by 50 percent he has not exceptional pace he's not an exceptional sort of long-range passer he, he, those aren't his strengths his strengths is mo- a, a movement and i still think as we said before that he's far, he's far more effective away from home because he has that pocket of space that he had tonight to really receive the ball in turn and be very direct a goal but he's clearly found his niche whether by mistake or by design I think I think Mkhitaryan's form really forced Mourinho's hand and he had to try something else and 
that something else was Lingard. He didn't have a lot else to play in there. But you know, he's clearly absolutely grabbed his his chance with two hands. And I mean, I think I think ultimately we'll need we need more guile in that position as an alternative at home. Even though he scored those two goals against against Burnley, but he's gone from being a useful player to have to somebody who's become very important for the functioning of the team at the moment. I think it's interesting interesting tonight how well he Pogba and Martial dovetail tonight and having Martial as a striker I and mean, I know there are those still those who some a lot of people who argue that that was potentially his best position and he certainly did that very well tonight but because Martial can also drift from side to side on the pitch as well that that movement can create spaces for, for Lingard to burst into which I think happened on the on a few occasions tonight and I think the key for the key for United going going forward in the next few weeks or months is to find is to get that best balance. I think that those are the those are the key players in our attack at the moment: Pogba, Lingard, and then Martial, Stroke, Lukaku. And you know, I just wonder whether at the moment Martial's the better foil up front than than Lukaku is. So it may it, you know it may turn out to be a good thing. Lukaku's out because he gets a rest, and we get to see you know how well Martial and Lingard can play as those two players who are closest together for the next two or three games. Yeah, and I guess the really positive aspect in looking, the, obviously it's not great that Lukaku's out, but the way that game developed, the fact that we didn't play with a designated target man or a main striker and were still able to create and score great goals was really encouraging. You know, the movement was excellent, especially in that second half. So that was really great to see. Uh, Harriet, you mentioned uh, Luke Shaw earlier on. He had a pretty damn good game. The only thing that really stood out was when Everton decided to actually turn up for that sort of brief five ten minute period and we almost let the game go away I remember Niasa had that header everything was coming down that left flank and it gave me the yips it wasn't great <laughs> but other than that Shaw has really sort of come back into the picture I guess isn't he I mean you know you mentioned that you're you know you, you hope that it's not going to be a case of Mourinho putting him in the shot window but it seems like a really long game to be playing because Damian and Blind are not getting minutes at the moment Shaw is starting pretty much every game yeah, he is, and you know that that seems to be a reward for the fact that he is he's obviously developing, and Mourinho has seen something in him because he he said he said either earlier this season or or towards the end of last season that Mourinho was having to be Luke Shaw's brain, and you know he was having to to talk to him constantly when he was playing to tell him what to do and where to be and you know and positionally what he should be doing when he should be advancing when he should be you know dropping back, but he seems to have got a bit of confidence back as well and. You know, he, he looks a real threat going forward. He's got the confidence to take players on um, and come inside as well to allow the game to be stretched, you know, with, with whoever's playing on the wing. And yeah, I think he must be doing everything that Mourinho is asking of him because Mourinho wouldn't keep playing him otherwise. Just, he's not one to, to back down in in those sorts of, sort of circumstances. Yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased for him because he's got a run of games and, uh, you know, he's still young and he's still developing and um, I think he needed a bit of, bit of patience a bit of time a uh, bit of you know arm around the shoulder we've we've had this conversation on the on the podcast before about the different types of players who you know some needs a kick up the backside and and react well to that others like Luke Shaw don't and um perhaps perhaps there have been a few things going on behind the scenes that we haven't seen that have meant that that Luke has a a newfound you know belief in his ability and, you know, belief that he belongs at Man United because um, from what we've seen in the last few weeks, you know, he's still got that potential. He's he's not lost any of that. Uh, he's still got the ability and I think he could be a real asset and a 
brilliant player for United if he's given the opportunity to develop there. Yeah, I mean, thank God we had him doing so well on the left because Victor Lindelof at right back. Oh, Jesus, what? It's not good. <laughs> I, I don't want to see it. I mean, I really like Victor Lindelof. I think actually him taking the ball from centre back has been one of my favourite things of this season, to be honest, because I think he can actually deliver a really nice ball when he wants to. But at right back, uh uh-uh. uh. Rich, Luke Shaw, words, please. Yeah, um, I think, the, I think the, the concern with Luke Shaw, and it's hard to know what Mourinho's intent for him is because I'd say that his, his acolyte DC on Twitter has kept up his barrage of criticism of, of Shaw over the last couple, oh, <laughs> couple of weeks. God, he really has, he? Hasn't has, he? Um, which, which rather makes you wonder whether, whether he's still not in, in good books and he'd just like to move him on. But the, the concern with Shaw... I think for me has always been his defending. You know, he's clearly pretty good going forward. He's he's a good dribbler. He's got he's quite explosive. He's got reasonable pace, and he can create create chances. But too often he gets caught out, and players get in behind him. And I think we have seen that in the last the last few matches. It, it didn't happen tonight, and that may be because he's played better, or it may be because Everton just didn't really have the tools to hurt. United tonight. I mean, I think before tonight they had four shots on target in three games, and you could see that they were just really lacking confidence in attacking areas. But everything Shaw needed to do tonight, he did very well, and I think he worked very well down the left hand side with Pogba. And if I look at the other options we've got at left back, I don't see one that's that's better than him. So you would think if if we have the intention of buying a left back at some point, which we do seem to. And working on the basis that we want two decent players for in every position in the squad, then it seems to me that the Blind and Darmian are the far, the far more likely ones to to go before he does. And as well as he's played, I still don't think that Ashley Young is a medium term solution there. It's so hard to know whether Mourinho's made his mind up or not, but he he's shown us enough in the last few games to suggest that he's at least better than the other options we've got in that position and, and he, I don't think he should be the first out of the door of our left backs and we all desperately want him to become the player that we hoped he'd be when we bought him uh, you know I guess tonight tonight's performance kind of just pulls on that that, that hope string in our in the back of our brains that he that he might just make it even though perhaps the, the head says that it might be a bit too late for him but Mourinho wasn't playing him at all you know, four or five weeks ago, so to have got this is his third third consecutive Premier League start, I think. To actually to actually play three games in a row under Mourinho is is definite progress for him. I guess you can tie yourself up in nuts when it comes to actually trying to figure out what Mourinho is actually trying to do. So is he basically feeding rubbish to Duncan Castles because he just fancies it because he's bored? Is it actually his intention to sell him or does he actually want to keep him now? Because it is so clear that he can offer more when United play like they did today than Darmian or Blind can. And if Shaw can be more defensively disciplined, then he is a great player for Mourinho. And if he keeps up this sort of form and he keeps getting these opportunities, I fancy him to do quite well with them, you know, and perhaps you could say there, Rich, because as you mentioned, the defensive issue is really what's holding him back to a certain extent in the sense that that's the one area you could say, especially from Mourinho's perspective, that's a weakness. But in a 3-4-3 or a 3-5-2, I can see Shaw really excelling in that sort of circumstance because I think then he's got a little bit of extra cover down that left flank and he doesn't have to worry so much about being perfect for every single time that we're under pressure. So I guess that could work out quite well in his favour. But anyway, guys, a very, very positive start to the year. Let's uh, round it off with a couple of predictions. Well, just, just the one, actually. Derby County on the way to Old Trafford in a game that we're not going to be watching by legal means. Uh, Harry, how do you think that's going to go? 
Um, well, if we play like we did tonight, um, and we stick with a fairly well, given the injuries we've got, we probably um, stick with a fairly similar forward attacking lineup. Anyway, I think we sh it should be a comfortable two nil. She says. Yeah. Hmm. Rich. I think because we've got so many players missing for one reason or another, Mourinho is going to be forced to to largely play the same group of players again, which I think might be a good thing because we changed too many against Bristol City and really paid for that. I think yeah. if, if we put out the same core that we've we've played tonight and we sort of have the same balance, then I, uh, you know, we should be winning that fairly comfortably. Mm. Uh, just, just a side note, Mourinho has hit out at Scholes' criticism of Pogba by saying, I think the only thing Paul Scholes does is criticise. Fuck, <laughs> 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 who's flipping talking? Oh my yeah. God. Um, yes, as, as far as uh, the visit of Derby goes, living in Derby and working in Derby as I do, anything other than a comprehensive victory is going to get me royally rinsed for months. <laughs> so, my God, I hope we win. But we'll leave it there. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your company. All right, oh, Thanks, you. Guys, thank you very much for listening. Uh, don't forget, you can actually get all of us on Twitter, if you so wish. You can get Harry at HMDrudge. You can get Rich at, at RichardCan76. You can get me at, at you and Leonard. Don't ask, I'm not spelling it. And at RedVoicesMUFC for the pod. We'll be back, presumably, after the Stoke game. See you guys have yourselves a fantastic 10 days in the interim. Cheerio. Cheerio.